everybody. For our episode today, we are taking some questions our listeners have given us, and we're going to give you our most honest answers on them. Uh, okay, uh, so first question is, what is your favorite place which you've got to travel through work? For me, I'm going to say Frankfurt, Germany during Oktoberfest. Ooh, that sounds good already. Yeah, I think for me, that was... For me, that was probably the probably the most fun. And then right after that, um, and I only spent, you know, just a few days there, but I'd say and then in second place to that would have been uh Kauai, Hawaii, when I was out there for about four months. I heard Kauai. Now, don't get me wrong, I've only been to like maybe two of two or three Hawaiian islands, but I hear Kauai is like it rains a lot, like a lot, a lot. So what's interesting about Kauai is on the north and east sides of the island it's a very lush jungle very thick dense very green uh it does rain a lot over there but for some reason when those clouds come from the because the, the primary uh weather comes from like the northeast mm-hmm. and so once it hits that major peak um the rain kind of stops and then the western side of the island is kind of really dry actually really dry and and dusty Ooh, talk about windward leeward yeah it was uh it was, it was, I mean, it was still green. There were still trees and coconut and grass and stuff like that. But compared to the, to the east side of the island, it was, it's a lot, it's a lot more dry. Mm-hmm. And then they have the Grand Canyon of the Pacific out there on that island too. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But I will say, I will say this too. The wettest spot on the face of the earth is at the, oh, we took this one mountain road and I can't remember the name of the mountain, but it, you, you drive all the way to the top, you park and you have to walk like another mile and a half out. Mm-hmm. And you're on the very top of this uh, volcanic peak, and that is the uh, wettest spot on the face of the earth to get the most rain there uh, than anywhere. No kidding! Wow. Uh, apparently, there were signs stating that and stuff. So, I mean, if that's still true, pretty pretty cool. But because uh, when you think of like compared to the rainforest, the Amazon rainforest, or like the Congo jungle and stuff, or yeah. even parts of India or whatever else, like you. You don't, you don't, you don't expect one tiny little Island in the Pacific to, to have the most rain. Right. No kidding. But Hawaii is kind of blessed with rain, man. Like, uh, uh, similar, similar, uh, situation where this was in Oahu on the, on the lee, on the windward side of the Island. This was like where Kaneohe Bay and, um, and Kailua is at. this place gets like an ungodly amount of rain like so much rain but then there's like this um this mountain range that kind of that kind of splits the windward side from the leeward side well obviously but it'll be rain it'll be pouring rain on the windward side and then on the leeward side it'll be bone dry skies clear blue everything the sun is shining it's a nice time and uh there was like uh this um tunnel where the where the freeway goes into and it's almost like you, you just went into a different state, like night and day, like yeah. on, on, yeah. on switch, off switch. That's exactly how Kauai was, except there was no tunnel you would drive through. But as you were driving, like the little town or village, whatever you want to call it, of Alealea, yeah. like once you hit that town, it could be a wall of water. And as soon as you hit there, it's like, it's like a curtain. You just like cut through the curtain and it's, and it's completely dry and cloud and cloud free and everything else. And you kind of turn around and look behind you and you're going, what the? Right. Heck? <laughs> Why did it stop here? <laughs> and it always does. It always stops there. 
right? <laughs> That's how it was too. Like uh, driving through that tunnel was like a wall. Like on this is where the dark side is, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, the, the Shadowlands kind of thing. Like like um like what's that kids movie Zootopia, right? Yeah. You go through like the tunnel and you're in the Sahara, and you go through another tunnel and you're in the Arctic zone. Yeah, or whatever yeah, exactly. Almost almost exactly like that. It was freaking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> Charlene, how about you? What's some of the, what was the best place you've had to go through? Oh man. Um, so mostly I stay in Washington. Um, so I don't really travel outside of that. Um, but I will say so my, let's f- just say Walla Walla. Right. I'm trying to remember the, the name of the, the name of the actual city, but anyways, my favorite location that I've done a show is we do the show Schnook Fest every year. Shout out to the Chinook Shin- <laughs> like name. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I like the name. Yeah, but uh, it's a it's a very small in terms of a number of people. I think they max out at like five hundred people or something like that. But it's a it's a big campsite, and they rent out you know all RV parking and, and tents and stuff like that. But so looking out from the stage, which I was the monitor tech, so I was on stage the whole time. So looking out. You have your area where people are, and there are some. Then there are some trees, and then there's actually a, a whole ass river behind them, and then it, it's mountains behind them. So it's just absolutely beautiful. That sounds um, cool already. It was really cool, um, and it's big open area. Um, you know, it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, <laughs> so. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. That was probably my favorite place that I've done a show, but in terms of like traveling, I'm actually pretty, uh, pretty green to traveling. So, but yeah, well, at least, well, at least for work anyway, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, I mean, favorite place I've been, I mean, Cabo was phenomenal. Mm. Um, Cabo just sounds like beautiful. a good time already. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, no, I mean, there are some other places I've traveled around the world that I, you know, I can't disclose due to the nature of course stuff or whatever but i I gotta tell you there's some there's some really really pretty places out there there really are and like even some of the most barren places you're like you know at sunset or sunrise you're like holy cow this is yeah this is impressive you know what i mean yeah uh i would say for me the best place i've been to for travel was australia uh now I've only been through like four major cities in Australia. I think the best one I've been to thus far, as far as like things to do was uh, Perth, Australia. Um, I've been to Sydney, but uh, I guess I was at the wrong time of the year or something because everything was kind of like not the place to be, I guess. Like uh, nothing was really going on and it was just kind of the same old scene, uh, bars, nightclubs nightclubs bars i'm like okay that's cool i guess i mean there was the the opera house but that was that was about it like i didn't actually get to see a show or anything like that but perth was freak was fun they had like this uh zoo that one i had almost all the animals available in australia and you could actually like go into the pen and mess around with them and whatnot to to a certain degree and stuff like a like a the world's most dangerous petting zoo yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, and that's when I that's when I learned like how dangerous kangaroos can really be, because yeah, they have massive claws, don't they? They go in there like, oh, how cute, and then get just get just get mollywopped by a roo. Yeah, so picture like a like a Great Dane's foot, but it has like a cat's claws, and like yeah, it'll really mess you up. 
And those things can get up and go like really fast too. Like, yeah. What's uh, their, like, what's the, what's the max speed of one of those things? Uh, I would, uh, you know what? Um, I would say like they can cover 30, about close to 30 feet in a single hop. I want to say now, Jesus, really? Now, that, that, now that's, that's what I'm assuming. Cause they, they got up and went like quick and like, and it oh, just, God. and it looks like it was like super effortless for them too. So I'm like, I would assume like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like they could hit 30 feet easy on a single hop. Holy cow. So, uh, so, and then Perf, I get, I think this is all across Australia. Uh, but I think Perf was really prominent. Like they do a lot of craft beers out there, like make their own beers. And, um, there was this one beer in Perth that I only found at Perth and um, I can't remember the name for the life of me, but it tasted like I was drinking uh, a bowl of uh, Fruit Loops. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Like, uh, you know how like when you when you have milk and then it's just sitting there with the with the cereal and then you kind of drink and it tastes sweet. So it tastes kind of like that, but it's beer. I'm like, this, I'm, this is so off-putting, but this is great. <laughs> we need to ask the one of the uh instagram followers she's she's from down down under i wonder if she would know mm, maybe maybe or maybe it's original thing i don't know but but that was probably like the best place i've been to especially because like the the life there was just happening every i guess we were there at the right time because there was parties everywhere there was people actually interacting and doing stuff and the people around that area were just generally nice like they, they were so open to, to making good conversation instead of just kind of staring at you all weird like who are you and why are you invading my land kind of thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? as we get when we travel so many places especially right. military related or whatever else oh yeah especially uh ship or plane like oh shit here they are I'm here to mess up destroy our our bar hood and stuff like that <laughs> okay uh next question uh what is your worst experience with electricity well, for me, uh, it would be in the Outer Banks, North Carolina. Uh, family was staying in a beach house there one year when I was probably, oh, eighth or ninth grade. And uh, they have the outdoor showers, right? You come back from the beach, keep the sand out of the house. And lightning struck right outside of the house and uh, came through the water lines and, and nailed me. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> was, I, I know that question was more directed towards like, what was your worst experience with electricity on planes? But uh yeah, that was my worst experience uh, in dealing with aircraft. I, you know what? I've I've been pretty fortunate. I haven't had uh, I haven't had too many bad experiences with electricity on on air aircraft. I did get to witness like a relay crap out, so it like heard a loud pop and then smoke and then the, the relay. And it was a it was a decent sized relay. I don't remember what kind of power was running through it, but it was up in the, up inside a gear well and just heard a loud pop and then smoke. And I was like, ooh, ooh, shut that one down. But I, I was fortunate I didn't get hurt or anything like that. So, yeah, um, not me personally, but I've like uh, I've seen someone do this where they're working on the inverters of an aircraft and they had the whole the whole aircraft locked out, tagged out, says do not apply power and stuff like that. So. He has his hands up in the thing, metal, metal hardware and all, just doing what he needed to do on it. And then for whatever reason or another, someone decided to flip power on on this aircraft. And then this guy basically becomes the bridge between two inverters and and gets like the the lightning strike of his life. And he was lucky he'd be alive, to be honest. I mean, I could imagine how many amps, volts, 
hurts went through that guy's body. It must have been quite enough for for him to to get kicked back like ten or so feet. Oh my god, that that guy is lucky to be alive because uh, I feel like that's a one time occurrence, right? That's your like, hey, you got to get out of jail free card, but you you won't be so lucky. Like like next time, next time, be careful plugging in your phone charger to the wall because you might get it. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like, next, yeah. Next time we're we're pulling your card. Does <laughs> right. like you got your one lightning strike and that's it. No superpowers. You just get to live an you extra. Know what? Speaking of lightning strike and no superpowers, I got to say when I got zapped through the water lines, I that was the biggest disappointment of my, my life, and it still is to this day. Like if I think back to it, I'm like, look, I could have become the Flash. I could have become uh, what was that uh, cartoon back when where it was a kid and he he um. He could like oh. shoot lightning bolts out of his hands. Uh, static? Was it static? S- static? Static shock? Static shock, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. I got nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I couldn't even like, even a superpower of like, like I could just brush my feet on any carpet and zap somebody. Like not even, <laughs> not even, not even super low skill level. You know? you're, you're like, man, my metabolism isn't even running faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I think it slowed it down to be honest with you. Because I've done, done nothing but balloons since then. <laughs> And, and even with a balloon, you can get a little static on it and you can like, it'll hold on your hair or whatever. Nothing. Yeah. Oh man. It's uh, the worst. Oh uh, man. Uh, I would say mine, mine probably had to do with a three phase motor. Um, there was a recessed, uh, hot pin. I think it was a hot pin. Um, and it arced and I was plugging it in. So what happened? I, I told my guys, Hey, don't turn on any of the powers to the motor. Um, uh, I'm I'm gonna finish plugging them in, and then we can turn them on. Well, they didn't listen, and so I went I went to go plug the motor in, and it was powered on the the cable that was laying there, and I went to go plug it in, and the hot leg that was recessed arced, and I got the shit shocked out of me. That was probably <laughs> the most dangerous one, uh, but probably my worst experience, uh, probably at work. Period, just because of how embarrassing it was at the time. Um. We were doing this show in a, in a hockey arena, and it was too small of a PA, not enough equipment. Um, it was totally undersold, and we were drawing too much power for the power distro that we were using. Um, so for those at home, when you, you're at a show, chances are you're running from like a big power service to this power distro that breaks out your power into multiple circuits, multiple everything um mm-hmm. well the one that we were using was older it has been totally beat to shit and like i can't i can't stress enough how terrible it was anyways not to mention the pa was undersized so now you're having to push it harder meaning you're having to draw more power and those circuits kept popping so we got it figured out we got everything dialed in and everybody was happy until the final band came on so the big headliner of the night and every time a subwoofer would hit which it was a hip hop show. So that's, you know, just all the time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That bass drop (laughs) every time he was pushing the sub so hard that it was drawing too much power and it would shut off a circuit. So a sub would hit this shirt, this circuit would shut off. And then I'd have to, I, I being the a three, the stage person had to sit at the power distro and just flip circuits all night, the rest of the night. Like, I mean, sub would hit, this circuit would drop off. I'd flip it. This circuit would drop off, flip it. And so when this is happening, we're losing like 
the mids out of the left side of the PA. We're losing the subs over here. We're losing like sporadically throughout the show. We're, we're losing so much. Um, that was probably my, my worst experience at work period, but uh, that's also a horrible electricity problem. Oh shit. Yeah. No kidding. I will say, I will say for uh, you reminded me talking about throwing relays and all that. So one of our, technicians in the back shop built like a breakout test box uh for aircraft so you know you you plug it in and there's these different uh points where you can plug in your uh multimeter for uh testing different circuits and whatever else but once you plug the test box into the power source um it was like an improper ground come to find out on the inside of the box but if you would go to touch the box you get like a little zap every time it wasn't much it was like a it was like getting um static shock you know yeah. It was just like, ah, shit. You sit there and take your readings. You pull them out and you're like, all right, here we go again. And you just kept doing that until we, until we took it to the back shop. Like something's wrong. And you're like, oh yeah, it was an improper ground. <laughs> no shit. Uh, okay. Next question. Is it a requirement to pole dance when working on the strut of a landing gear? Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it a requirement? I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, yeah, it definitely is a requirement, but I, I have, I got to, if I'm being honest, I, I got to admit I've fallen short and have failed you uh, because <laughs> I, I have not done that myself, but there's still time. But that being said, I'm QA now. So does that mean I write myself up only if uh, I catch myself? Right. You got so to catch, catch my, I have to catch, catch my reflection in something. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> uh, I mean. I have yet to do that. Well, then again, I've been, I haven't worked on an aircraft that has a big enough strut for me to pole dance. Um, I would say like, I think the longest strut I ever messed around with was probably like, I don't know, two feet. <laughs> it's not, I don't even think I'd be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I'm small, but I'm not that small. Yeah, man. Like it, it won't be a great show. I'll say that much. <laughs> right? You won't get uh, your money's worth. <laughs> that's uh, funny. Now I have I have I seen other people. I don't know if you want to call it so much of a pole dance as more of gyrating motions, <laughs> but <laughs> but I but I have witnessed people gyrate in uh, certain movements to uh, attract a mate. You know, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh shit. Uh- Oh, oh man, that, what, that's a good shoreline. <laughs> I, I have never done that actually. Uh, I've, that, I've never, never pole danced on a strut. I've never been in a position to do so. Well, uh, what about how, about how about just on stage in general? Oh, you man. work around a lot of stages. I've, I've, I've definitely never pole danced on a stage, but uh, I have definitely. I, I'm just thinking of a time. So this summer, uh, I was doing HVAC for one of these pop up casinos, and the way I was sitting and like pulling this tube, uh, it was kind of near my junk. And so it just looked like I had this big HVAC penis. It was pretty funny. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a picture somewhere. It was pretty great. It was a total accidental thing, but, um, this stuff, I mean, yeah, there's inappropriate shit like that all the time. Uh, it's kind of a requirement of the job at this point. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, be in, be be inappropriate when you can, as long as you're not hurting anybody else. <laughs> yeah, in today's world, you definitely got to look over your shoulder more to see who's around. Yeah, for sure. Before uh, 
before doing some of this stuff. It's the lovely right. part about my job. For the most part, everybody's pretty even keel. That, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question. Next question. That was a good one. Next, uh, I, I enjoyed that question a lot. Uh, next one. Uh, when working on controls, is it not required to pretend you are flying and make the airplane sound while you're doing it? <laughs> oh, it is definitely a requirement, and I, I myself am guilty every time. 100%. Being a third party, yes, that's a requirement, right? Yeah, it's it's a definite requirement. And then if that aircraft is capable of munitions, you definitely have to make the 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 firing sound, right? Or or you got to make like a. Uh, uh, a copious amount of Top Gun references, like uh, I'm switching the guns, goose. <laughs> <laughs> Eject <laughs> and you just walk out. <laughs> What's it? Uh, well, be, or you have because to make I the was A10 sound. You got to make right. that thirty mic mic sound from the A10 every right. time, even if you're like in a Cessna. You <laughs> Bert. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! One hundred percent. Yes, it yeah, it is you required. Got, you got to make the sounds. You, you got to. <laughs> you have to. Otherwise, did you even do anything? Yeah, I think it's part of the sign off. Actually, you have to you have to put in your sign off. You know, performed operational flight op flight control operational checks in accordance with your reference manual. Uh, follow on uh, sounds. Uh, <laughs> you know, approved. Yeah, approved. And you, and you, and approved by QA. Uh, no further defects noted. All tools and file accounted for. <laughs> and then, and then on like the in process inspection, like witness five Top Gun quotes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh sorry you only got four and i gotta fail you i gotta fail the inspection sorry sorry man you get, gotta do it all over again <laughs> go watch the movie and come back <laughs> Re- return to set return to shop <laughs> that's awesome yeah i've done that several times and i uh i still do it i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why but i still do it i could just be walking through the hangar and i'll make the sound of like an f-18 banking overhead <laughs> <laughs> just have to you have to absolutely have to because if you don't then something's gonna break <laughs> shoreline i imagine you just walk around going shows and stuff <laughs> i can't tell you how many songs i've gotten stuck in my head either prior to a show and like trying to learn the material of the band or after the show being like okay well i'll have this song stuck in my head until the next one uh, i remember one year it was pretty much any fucking Bruno Mars song. Um, because we did this, uh, we always do this by the Seattle Taste of Tacoma. It's their uh, big food festivals that happen up here. And uh, it's a bunch of cover bands all day for the most part, or uh, top 40s bands or uh, tribute bands of, of, of some sort. Um, and this would have probably been two, three years ago now. But. I swear to God, whatever stage I was working on, everybody, everybody that came on that stage for three days straight, every single band played the same two, maybe even three Bruno Mars songs. And it was insane. That's interesting. Yeah. Also, also the song X's and O's. Um, That was another one. Oh my God. Yeah. That (laughs) song. Fuck that song. I heard that song, no joke, at least fucking 40 times that weekend. And I, like, was stuck in my head until the following forever. But um, (laughs) that and uh, a different show I'm thinking of is, like, uh, Neil Diamond. That's always... Dude, I was just about to say Neil Diamond as a joke, but here we go. Oh, no. (laughs) For sure. Um, 
it's just overplayed. No, no offense to Neil Diamond, uh, but no, not mm-mm. nope. You know, you know, it's a song that was played uh, almost all the time. When now that now we're going about that, it was Kanye West's uh, uh, "Better, Faster, Stronger" or whatever. Yep. Shout oh, out Daft Punk. Daft Punk. Yeah. Yeah, that one with Daft Punk, and then uh, uh, that one song with Justin Timberlake and Fifty Cent that uh, uh, AO Technology, I think it was called. Everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> Make it stop. That's when. Yeah. That's when you get like the Slipknot uh, song, like I push my fingers <laughs> into my eyes. <laughs> but but you know sometimes you think about like when you go into the hangar too, like. You you know you have radios or something playing in the hangar and like mm-hmm. a lot of the you know pop radio stations or really any radio station now they play the same ten songs on loop all day yeah but you also get like if somebody plugs in like their iPod or whatever else or their phone and like they might play a song on repeat or whatever because they really like it and mm-hmm. like I've had to go to people like I sw- if you want that iPod to be in one piece <laughs> when I come back into this hangar in ten minutes I I swear. I swear I better hear a different song. One that I've never heard before. <laughs> right. Polka. It could be Russian underground. I don't care. It just has to be different. Literally anything. <laughs> Cannot be Sweet other, Caroline. Literally be, anything. Can be sweet, <laughs> sweet Caroline. <laughs> no, see, it's going to be in your head now. It's it going to happen. Hey, but I have found a trick though. If, uh, if a song is stuck in your head, you sing it the whole way through and it's gone for the whole day. But what if you don't know the song the whole way through? Well, then just put, I don't, I don't know, man. You, I don't know. <laughs> Listen to it. I don't know. I'll just keep doing what I've been doing and banging my head in the door. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Right. The concussion helps me to forget. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think this one is worth uh, maybe looking into. So uh, Christine, who's an AMT student, uh, asks, what would you be doing if you weren't working aviation or your current job? Ooh. Uh, oh, man. I don't know. Shit. I can answer this one for me while you guys think. Um, so prior to following the audio route, um, I was actually thinking about being a truck driver or being uh, a motorcycle mechanic. That was, those are my other two options and fell into the whole uh, audio thing. Wow. If I didn't choose to be an aircraft mechanic when I first signed up to join the Corps, I would have probably stuck to my original piece, which was probably be a grunt. So you would have most likely have seen me do probably no more than four years in the core. And I'd probably be telling all kinds of wild war stories about how I, how we all circle jerked our, our barrels or something like that. <laughs> for me. So for me, initially, before I, before I decided to go to A&P school, um, I initially thought I was going to do a therapist like a, a okay. psychological therapist um, was always, I've always been kind of interested in, in the mind and stuff like that. Uh, so that's something I was initially going to do. And then, um, and then, you know, you're a young dumb kid and then you graduate and you go, I don't feel like sitting in school for four to eight years or whatever. So I end up uh, in a pit fire decision to go to, to go to A&P school actually. And I always wanted to be a pilot too, um, but I wanted to be a fighter pilot, not just any pilot. But I think if I didn't go to AMP school, I probably would end up in flight school at some point, mm-hmm. and then uh, continue on with that. But um, but yeah, the original before anything aviation was uh, was there 
was a therapist. Uh, now, let's just say I decided to quit aviation altogether now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I have a degree in uh, security, security management, so I'd probably be doing something along those lines or working, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know about a police officer, but some sort of um, working some sort of security management firm or, or agency or whatever else. Nice, man. So at least you got that uh, that option should you ever decide to go for it. You know, I never really thought about that. If I ever actually left the aviation community, I don't know. I'd probably do something along the lines where some kind of consultant, you know, like uh, here's your problem. Here's how we can help you fix it kind of thing. I'm not exactly sure what, but that was something I could have probably leaned towards. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's different different firms out there like it, you go to and they, a company will hire you. You go in and you kind of interview their people. They tell you, here's, here's our problem. How, how can we, you know, it might be a personnel problem. Hey, we're having a real big disconnect between management and personnel on the floor and management saying, Hey, we'd like to rectify it. What do we got to do? So you go around for interviewing a lot of people on the floor levels and all different positions and um, interviewing some of the managers. And then you kind of say, look, here's, here's what I'm, here's what both sides are telling me. And here's, here's what, here's what we feel needs to be done to rectify the situation. And you would kind of work through them with that mm-hmm. um, and either be a continuing uh, continued partner, helping that, uh, that business out, or it might just be a brief thing. Look here, here's the things you need to implement and go, you know, let us know if you need any more help. True that. Very true. You'd be, you'd be good at that. I think yeah, yeah. worth a shot. For I can sure. give it a whirl. I'll give it a whirl. Uh, here, uh, one more, uh, two more questions. Um, what was the dumbest thing you've seen or heard of a new guy doing? Seen or oh well, there's no. Well, I've I've seen I've seen guys have to go collect exhaust s- samples with a trash can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've seen that. Um, I've seen where you had to go like not really mop the flight line, but like sweep the flight line in the mm-hmm. middle of like a sandstorm. <laughs> You know, that was yeah. more of a punishment thing, I I think, or uh, maybe hazing, if I can use that word, a hazing method. Yeah, that's that, those are the couple for the first two that come to mind. As we talk, I'm sure some more will pop into my head. Uh, so, so one of the dumbest things, or what well, dumb slash smart thing I've seen someone do was he got told to find a bucket of rotor wash, right? <laughs> Now, we, we, most of us already can tell that that doesn't exist, you know, <laughs> or it's not something you could just collect in the bucket. But this guy, he had a, a family member who is in charge of a supply system. So he goes to him and says, hey, I need a bucket of rotor wash. How and where can I find it? And he somehow figures out the stock number for this thing, that there is such a thing as rotor wash. And so he puts it on order. And he didn't know what kind of, well, how it got shipped. So he just says quantity one order ship, right? But he was thinking it was going to ship as a bucket, but it ended up shipping as a pallet, <laughs> like a pallet of like, I don't know, like 20 or 30 or so buckets of this quote unquote rotor wash. And it shows up to the, to the hangar and I'm like, what the fuck is this big pallet of buckets doing here? And they look at it as rotor wash. We're like, who the fuck ordered all this rotor wash? We're like, oh, that was me. I got you a rotor wash. I want to. S- it. it did it as it's told, sir. Are you <laughs> it proud? Are, Are you, you pr- proud? <laughs> so if so, we found so we found out like that whole pallet costed about fifteen thousand dollars. Oh my! So, 
So, so, so he built he built that organization fifteen thousand dollars for a a pallet of rotor wash. Oh man, <laughs> that, that reminds. Okay, so as you as you said, that reminded me of one more. Uh, I've seen new guys get told to go and find a copy of the ID ten T form. Oh man. <laughs> Just don't come back until you get me a copy of the ID 10 T form. And so this person walking through every building, every hangar, every admin office, every sending emails, like, can anybody provide me a copy of the ID 10 T form? And everyone's going, <laughs> the what? You know, like, or some people would be like, know what they're talking about. Like, uh, and they would laugh and just kind of chuckle and say, ah, get out of here. You need to go over here. And they would send them to another friend to get a good, so their friend could get a good laugh too. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, that's hilarious. Uh, so, I mean, other than watching somebody go search for some shoreline, um, <laughs> <laughs> which if, you, if you're curious on that story, uh, check out bonus episode one. Hey. Um, l- this one's a little more serious, but uh, lying on your application, saying that you All know right. how to do something you don't know how to do. Uh, I remember there was this one guy who was fresh out of some, uh, fresh out of a Florida production college. Um, said that he had been working on this uh, sound board, this console, uh, for eight years. And we had a tour come through that required said console. Um, this guy seemed like a perfect fit, seemed like a nice dude, seemed knowledgeable, especially on paper. Um, and that's kind of the nature of it, is somebody signs up for a job that they can do and they do it, um, is the thought. But this guy didn't know what he was doing. Um and couldn't do the most fundamental things. Like he had worked on this church soundboard for eight years that had already been set up, that had already been done for him. He had never set up this console before. He had never like truly worked on this console. And that was a bad day. Uh, I remember I was super green and I was having to like boss him around. And this is a guy that had been quote unquote doing this for eight years, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. And I was like, months into the job um, yeah and had never worked on this console before and i was still running circles around him jesus yeah i mean uh, at least he didn't try to like shock himself or do something where you know, just destroy the equipment <laughs> true but you know he also it was funny right because in in my mentor who um is kind of a a, a take no bullshit kind of kind of guy he was working at front of house um this guy was supposed to be a monitor world and oh my god he fucking lit his ass up so hard um and then at the end of the night you know it's like a 15 16 hour day and dude's like oh well my ride's here and it's like dude we still have to load out we still have all this shit to get the fuck out of here so like you can't go i'm sorry that your girlfriend's sitting in the fucking parking lot but like you're not done working <laughs> like right you can't go and so he kept bitching kept bitching kept bitching and my mentor finally looked at him and said fine get the fuck out of here it's the last time you'll ever get fucking called damn like i'm so done with you you're useless like Jeez. yeah so uh i guess case in point uh don't lie on your application and i don't know work harder <laughs> <laughs> right or, le- or, or le- be better be better at the fake it till you make it yeah man or at least like ask you know what i mean like hey man like it's been a while i'm not familiar with this kind of console like you just make something up yeah at this point just come come clean 
Like, dude was just freezing and then pretending he knew what he was doing. It's like, my guy, no. <laughs> doing it wrong. Right? It's like that uh, that one SpongeBob where like he takes a deep breath and puts his hands together. Like, <sighs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, okay, last question. Um, would you say jet fuel is a cologne or an aftershave? <laughs> For me, it's a diuretic. <laughs> 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent yeah we actually talked about that in our tanks episode that's one of the many ways to uh um evacuate your internals <laughs> clean yourself out as they yeah. say De- detox in all the wrong ways <laughs> um i think uh i think jet fuel is a uh more of a cologne than an aftershave really <laughs> uh, i was kind of leaning more towards aftershave and then here's here's my here's the reason why i would say it's more of an aftershave because with cologne, it just it just smell it, it the smell permeates depending on how much you put. Uh-huh. But aftershave burns when you put it on. So <laughs> it still has the smell, but it burns when you put it on. So that's kind of like how I feel with jet fuel. That it, it doesn't just coat you, it goes through you. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I guess then with that with that being said, uh it depends on I guess it, whether it's used as a cologne or an aftershave depends on if you were actually working in the fuel and got it on you or just happened to be in the same hangar bay as fuel maintenance was being done. And, you know, that fuel permeates the air. So if you just happen to be in you come out of there at the end of the day and you're like, I didn't even touch any fuel today, but it's stuck to your clothing. That's true. You got so me. There. <laughs> I think it depends on if you were actually hands on with it or just in the vicinity. Very true. Now, I how, how many of you guys ever had an instance where like you take your significant other or to a place to be a little bit intimate and then an, another people are too. And then this one guy just like showered himself in some kind of cologne or aftershave and it just like fill like engulfs the room. I, I've been the guy who's engulfed the room. <laughs> <laughs> Is it better than the alternative, though, in your situation? Like, were you smelling pretty terrible when you did it? Like when, when I permeate, when I, when I yeah. filled the room. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I had, I was working a fuel control earlier that day and, uh, pop the main feed line off and there's always Ooh. some residual in the line. And, uh, sometimes when you're in your hurry, you're not being, uh, super careful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I had soaked myself and my shoes and everything else. And then I was supposed to, uh, meet the, uh, significant other for dinner. And I showed and I showed up to the to, to the restaurant and they were like, Well, what is wrong? Why do you smell so terrible? And you could tell like other people in the restaurant were like Is something burning? Yeah. And then you're like talk, talking to the waiter, like, I think there's a, a gas leak or something. There's a problem. It really it, it really stinks in here. And you're <laughs> kinda of over there pulling your hood up over your head, like, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. And man, I, I'm telling you, like, after, after I've done anything with fuel, like, that's it for my day. Like, there's no there's no way I'm going anywhere other than to the shower and then to sleep. Because, like, same same situation with you, MVP. Like, like, uh, like your existence is, like, hindering people, you know? Yeah. I, I know, like, I've been on the road and, you know, got covered in fuel. And then in one instance, like, I got in the back. I was like, oh, man, I need to get a bucket. So I got in the back of the, the box van we had to work and one of the guys before me who was in the van had filled up uh like half a five gallon bucket full of fuel 
And I didn't realize it. And I was, you know, I was in the dark time and I was moving around and I tripped over the bucket and it just soaked both my feet, oh. both my feet. And I like, you want to talk about like just shouting the obscenities, <laughs> you know, that was that day. Cause you were just like, you're already kind of, you're already, it's already a bad day. Cause you're dealing with fuel a little bit. And then, and you're already covered. And then just when, when, and for me, when my feet get soaked, I'm like, that's it. Day, days, days done. I, I can't. And I didn't have a replacement socks or shoes. And yeah, I, so when I left work that day, I walked out the front door. Uh, There's a trash can out in the parking lot and I took off my socks and shoes and threw them in the garbage can there. I took off my shirt and shorts, threw them in the garbage can there and rode home in my boxers. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've done that. It's better than having the whole car just reek of fuel. Yeah. And I learned that day to always bring a spare set of clothes and like, Maybe with the travel bottles of shampoo and soap and stuff. Yeah. Just uh just in case. But that was, you know, lesson learned the hard way. But then a- after that, I always had a change of clothes in the car. Yeah. I'm the same way. Uh so almost almost verbatim what I went through, except that it went through my it went through my shorts and not my shoes. Okay. So that 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 was a fun time. Like, well, so much for so much for this underwear, so much for my shorts, so much for everything that was covering it that went through along the way. So I basically like drove home in, in like a, uh, like a skirt, <laughs> like, we, a, like a makeshift we, skirt. A towel. <laughs> we had a guy. Yeah. We, so, so that's what I was going. We had a guy once who didn't have it. Same thing. He soaked all of his clothes and, uh, and we found like a towel in the back of the FBO. Like we asked one of the girls who worked the FBO, like, Hey, you got a spare, spare towel. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, here's one. And he goes in the bathroom and comes out, no shirt, no shoes or socks, just a towel wrapped around his waist. He's like, I'm, I'm going to go home now. <laughs> Get to this car in a towel and drives home. <laughs> yep, that was me. 100% me. And then on the way out, like, I, like, you know how much like fuel just dries out your skin and stuff. So I'm like asking people, like, hey, do you guys got any kind of like moisturizer, lotion, like hand sanitizer that doubles as lotion? Nothing or something. And nobody had one for whatever reason. So I had to go to like, one of the secretaries or like, like welcome desk, uh, people. And this was probably like the most sexist thing I've asked somebody like just who I never knew. Like, do you have some hand lotion I can borrow from you? <laughs> and you're just standing there in front of him in a towel. In a like, towel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, no, no, I swear it's for my skin. It's, uh, I got fuel on me. You wouldn't understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it, like, the fuel is like pig poop, man. If anybody out there has ever, raised pigs or been around pigs for any extent of time um pig poop the smell of it permeates your skin and even after you shower you still smell a little bit like pig poop Uh, it's just it's a very strong smell and uh and and jet fuel is just like that absolutely i mean i know exactly what you mean so imagine me like i'm standing there asking someone for lotion and i'm and i'm pretty much in the same getup as the old spice dude you know, like Terry, Terry Crews, like you got some lotion <laughs> with the with the peck dance, <laughs> older blocker lotion. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's exactly exactly what it is. Oh man, so that's those are the questions for today. I actually we I had a a, a ton of fun with some of these questions. Yeah, they're pretty good. I hope hope you listeners keep. Keep pummel, pummeling us with more questions because I enjoy answering those. These are some of the most fun episodes. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate these episodes a lot. It gives us a, a break in like 
trying to write an episode, you guys really help it write itself. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We enjoy it a lot. Very much. I reminisce on a lot of things that I thought I forgot. And then the question gets asked. I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. And we also get to go more in depth into some stories that maybe we've told in passing, you know, um, which is pretty cool. Definitely. Most definitely. We would like to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to keep producing episodes, bring on guests, and keep Shoreline Never the Happy to help produce our show. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Stephanie Boltman, Jenny Dignan, Ryan Frushauer, Daniel Schubert, Stephen Shivers, and all our patrons and you listeners out there. Thank you again so much for all your support. If you have ideas, topics, or stories for the show, or you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit cancelformaintenance.com, drop us a line on our contest, contact us section, and we'll do what we can to get you or your ideas on the show. Check out our sponsor, Rockwell Time, for all sorts of outdoors and sporting apparel like watches, safety-rated sunglasses, or some snowboarding goods. Uh, Visit rockwelltime.com, use code CX4MX, and save 10% off your purchases. Again, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash cancel for maintenance. Patronage again allows us to continue making episodes, maintain our gear, and patrons get exclusive perks such as access to our Discord, which is where we get a lot of our ideas and we get more interaction with you, uh, and discounts to upcoming merch, which our shop should be launching sometime in the very near future. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Have a great day.